welcome to another episode of the Pro Series. Today, our special guest is Carrie Lachlan. She is first known for being a designer on Travel Channel's Hotel Impossible, and now most recently known for being a designer on HGTV's Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I'm glad she said yes, and we're able to interview her today. I'm going to bring her in right now. Hey, Carrie, how are you? Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This Is this a little bright right here? No, that's good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. So, um, one first want to start off. I'm a huge fan of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I've been watching that since I was little. It was kind of just like something we watched with our family. Um, a good Sunday night watch. Um, were you always a fan of it before you were a designer? Oh. Absolutely. I think anybody that was into the world of design, even just as a passion or a hobby, I think everybody, it was really the first design show that really, really came on and became mainstream. And also, I think that joined kind of the heart with the design. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good feel good show that we don't see a lot on TV anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) And um, how did that all come about? How did you get onto that? You know, I had been working within the design, like the television design world for a couple of years. I was working on um, Hotel Impossible, which I like to say is kind of like a mini version of Extreme Makeover. Um, and it was it was just one of those things where it was a casting that came up and a girlfriend of mine actually sent me an email and said, did you see that they're bringing Extreme Makeover back? And I jumped immediately. I was like, how do I get on this? How do I figure this out? Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of went through there. Like they went through a thousand, like thousands, not a thousand, but thousands of designers, carpenters, makers across the entire United States. That's crazy. You got picked too. <laughs> oh, it's still very, very surreal. Like extremely so. Yeah, that's like the top of the line right there. Um, yeah. How was your experience on the show? Because you're traveling all over the place, seeing all these families and getting to know them and then designing a house for them. I mean, it's it's hard to put into perspective of just how um, enormous that show is. Just as us as a family, as a team that is going from, from city to city and town to town, we are hundreds of people just going into these towns. And then for five days, we transform a family's life. And it's completely through the community and volunteers and the experience is so surreal because it's very layered. You're doing so many different things. You're designing a house, you're hosting and co-hosting on TV, mm-hmm. you're working with community, you're working with builders, you're working with other aspects of the design team. It is, it's life-changing. I think that's the biggest way to put it. It changes your life forever and your perspective of so many aspects of, of life as well. Oh, definitely. And then hotel, um, impossible that you said you were on before how was that whole experience with that show you know I love Hotel Impossible first of all I cut my teeth in what is considered like TV design because I was a I started off as a personal organizer and a project manager and then moved into design and I dabbled in other things not dabbled I did do other things in the entertainment business but I never really had put them together so Hotel Impossible taught me what that meant (laughs) and it was it was grueling we would go into our towns on Hotel Impossible 
and it would be three days of nonstop work, very similar to extreme, but on a, on a much low, uh, smaller scale, but we were still helping people through design with their businesses and their families. So. So that was your first shot at being on TV as a anything. I, I had been on television in the past as a, actually as a professional dancer and as a commercial actress. Um, so I have, I have been in front of the camera and in front of the lens pretty much my entire adult life. However, never as myself, you know, like I was always a dancer or I was, you know, the mom standing next to the washing machine. Um, so, but, but this was the first time I was Carrie Lachlan speaking my own voice, doing my own thing, and then joining design and helping people together. Oh, I didn't know you were a part of, you were acting or a dancer too. You're like been, you're jack of all <laughs> traits of stuff. I have. I, I actually started out as a professional dancer when I was 16. I started as a professional dancer. And then um, I did that for, gosh, well over a decade. And I danced with, I went on tours and did music videos and commercials. And I kind of broke into design through my organization was when I knew I wanted to transition out of dance. And I said, what else am I good at? <laughs> what else do I do? And that's how I started organizing and designing. So is that when you started your, um, cause you have an organizing company in a staging company, is that correct? Yes, yes, I have an organizing and a staging company called Gidge Living and it stands for Get It Done Girl. And I was kind of coined that in Los Angeles. I started working with clients as an organizer and then I would do project management. So they would have these beautiful homes in the hills and they were very busy uh, men and women and families. So I kind of would come in and check off all of their to-do lists. And while I was in there picking tiles and doing this, I would organize. And, you know, when I was organizing, I would be designing. And I kind of got coined the get it done girl, where if you needed anything done in your home, call Carrie, because she'll get it done. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the reason I started Pro Series was to help homeowners with resale of their home and um, picking the right pr products and mm -hmm. how to raise value in their home. So you staging houses, you have a lot of experience with that. Um, Absolutely. Do you have any advice on staging a home or getting ready to stage a home? Yes. I mean, me personally, I like to concentrate in occupied staging, which is when you're still in the house and trying to move into a new house versus, you know, a, a brand new house that needs pretty furniture into it. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's always about you ha it's really difficult because you have to disconnect yourself from the home that you've lived in, that you've raised your family and that you've gone through ups and downs. So my, my first thing that I always tell my clients is that we have to disconnect ourselves from the home that we see it as the memory and now look at it as the home that we are now in as the investment. And we want to get to that next step. So how do we get to that next step? Is It's really the psychology of the home and the buyer. It's the potential buyer coming into your home and seeing their life and their memories. So it's really about editing quite a few things, personal aspects, and then doing those things that allow for the buyer to not go, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? Because once buyers start their what about, how come this yeah. looks like this list? It just, it just snowballs. Mm -hmm. So I, my first things are always edit your home from anything personal. You're going to have to pack it up anyway. Like you have to pack it anyway. So pack it up now. And then the other thing is always fresh paint and new lighting fixtures 
and hardware in a kitchen and faucets. It sounds like it's a large list, but you can get them for so inexpensive and they're small items that you can do yourself and they make a world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. And for the organ organizing side, what are the top things that you do for your customers? Like, is it pantries, closets? I do everything. I, I, I deal really, when it comes to organization, I deal with a gamut. I deal with organizing someone's pantry to their garage to organizing for someone that may have lost a loved one that now has all of their belongings to someone that, you know, you, they may have to put their parents into a home and how do we organize a home that has been lived in now for 50 years. So for me, I kind of run the gamut of everything and each individual client is different. I think that's the biggest thing about organization that I wish that everyone knew is that a lot of times we go onto social media and we see this beautiful picture that's like an organized refrigerator and an organized pantry and these closets that are just so gorgeous. And those are meant to look that way because they're not being lived in because they just got their picture taken and they've edited even things in that in there because that's not actual real life that we're seeing all the time. So for me, I always tell my clients that it's practice makes perfect when it comes to organization and do not compare yourself to what I like to call the Instagram Joneses because we can't live up to it. So don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like those um, YouTube videos of like celebrities, they show their pantry or their refrigerator. Like you really think they keep, they keep it like that all the time. they may only because they have somebody who's keeping it that way for them. So they actually have a person who's coming in. And I did do that when I was in Los Angeles. I was somebody's, I would, I called her, she was my unorganizer. Like I would come in, organizer, and I'd come back in 10 days and I'd have to reorganize. However, because there's a system there, that's really what you're getting at. You're trying to find the system that works for you individually. I don't like to label, somebody else might like to label. I like to hang, somebody else might like to fold. So it's really finding your individual system to keep it. But yes, 90% of those people that have are showing those beautiful things, um, they're only keeping it that way if they are personally like an organizer themselves or if they have someone helping. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to your design side, what do you say or give advice for someone trying to sell their house or just trying to add value to their home? I always, again, I, if, I'm, if you're trying to add value to your home, I always say to think of it like an investment. I, you know, if you want to live in your home and it's your forever home and you're like, this is me though and I want to put my personality everywhere, by all means, go for it. But if you're looking to put investment into your home. I always say to be careful not to follow trends because the trends are so enticing. They look so amazing. And then we see, you know, six months later, that trend is now out. And then also don't think that you have to follow trends. Like right now, here's a perfect example is granite. Everyone's getting rid of their granite countertops. Everybody's getting quartz. Granite countertops years ago were like, that's what you had to have. So now everybody's going quartz. You have to teach yourself to love what you have, right? Love the one you're with and really look around to see what needs upgrading. So don't upgrade because of a fad or a trend. Upgrade because that light fixture is old. And if somebody were to come in to purchase this house, they're going to go, oh, that that light fixture is from two decades ago. Or upgrade the faucets or simple painting in a room. Something that is going to be timeless. Yeah. And that's one thing I try to tell my customers too. Trends are really only there to make you feel bad for what you currently have. They want you to buy more product to 
design again and buy and redo your home. It's so true. You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised if they came into my house at how many items in my home I've had for years. And if they're a good item, I really try and keep them. Like if I have a shelving unit that I know is not on trend, but there's something I like about the trend that's happening, I will figure out what feeling I get when I look at the trend. So if I see these really cool shelving units that have pretty books and brass little things on them and plants hanging off the side. Well, I'm getting this whimsical feeling. So how do I take my kind of bulky bookshelf that doesn't look like the bookshelf and create that feeling? So it's, for me, it's always about using what you have and loving what you have first and then adding little things here and there. Yeah. Customize it to yourself, not Mm -hmm. for what other people are going to see it as, you know, you're the one living in the home. Absolutely. And a lot of times we will keep things if we actually like them and we like them because we personally like them. So that's how I always say it's when I try to steer my clients away from going towards anything too trendy is because unless they love it, right? You have to, you have to like step back and go, do you like this? Because you keep seeing this all over social media and in every house that you've clicked on, that's a new build. Or do you like this because that's actually speaking to you? Because if it speaks to you, makes you feel that way, go in, go all in. But if you just like it because you think you're supposed to, because everybody's telling you to like it, try and figure out what you like first. Absolutely. Cause you're stuck with that for, you, you know, a lot, there's a lot of people that just design for selling five years down the road or two years mm-hmm. down the road. You're living with it for those many years. You want to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, again, if you walk through, we just redid all of our bathrooms in our house we did not, there's, there's nothing trendy. It is clean. It is beautiful. It is something where if a buyer comes in in 10 years, it doesn't look like it was created 10 years ago. It just is clean. It's functional. It's classic. And I always, I always try to lean that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have some black walls in my house and a lot of people are very surprised by that when they walk in, they're (laughs) expecting a white kitchen and gray walls. And that's not me. I, that yeah. makes me I don't know it's just not a good feeling for me like you said you have to yeah. feel good in your house absolutely and it's, that's a perfect example of how paints can really be used to give you the feeling that you want so if you're walking into a room which I think we all do at some point in our life and more so because of social media because we're inundated by these beautiful pictures but you know I've had clients walk into a room and I'm like okay so what are you feeling here and they're like I just don't like any of it I just don't like anything and I'm like well, wait a minute, wait a second, wait a second. There's some good pieces in here. So let's figure out what you don't like and then how to add what you like. So if you want something moody and something that doesn't feel like the gray wall in the white kitchen, then let's throw up a black wall and then see where we are and how we can take the places that you're in and make it actually fit the feeling that you want. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of customers, they want that until they like see it actually in person because they're always seeing it in the picture. So you come to a showroom and it's a white kitchen with gray walls. They feel like they don't like it. And that's like the perfect right. example of that. Because I think what the kitchen with gray walls and the, the white kitchen, what it represents is a cleanliness. You know, there's a clean, crisp vibe to it. So if they're being drawn to that, you can have that in other tones and other personal things. Mm-hmm. You can do it in a, in a wood tone and a mushroom tone and a green tone. You just... You have to find out what it is that you actually like about it. And it's 
a lot of times it's not just the whole thing. Sometimes it could literally just be the shape of the cabinet. And you're like, I just really like the shape of the cabinet. You're like, all right, now let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was great because all my other pro series have been mostly real estate agents or architects. So it's kind of cool to have someone like-minded like me as a designer. Yes. This type of stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think it's such a, it's such a huge investment, whether, whether you're living in a home, whether you're living in an apartment, a townhouse, no matter what you're living in, we're, we're investing in our home and even more so now. So I think it's, I think it's really important for us to step back and be investing in our home for our personal selves and not again, as I will always say like the Instagram Joneses, because once you start trying to keep up with the Instagram Joneses, you will drive yourself crazy and you will also do things like I see often with my clients is they'll just change their entire house style design up and then they've eliminated things that actually brought them joy when they came into the space. So it's like, find out what brings you joy in the space, keep that, and then find out what's bothering you and tweak that. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. And I'm here to chat anytime. I love chatting about this kind of stuff. Awesome. Thank you. This is episode 10 with Carrie Lachlan. And see you next time on Pro Series. Yes. And follow me at Carrie Lachlan. Absolutely. <laughs>